Ah, yes, that is correct. You have found us and we have found you. It is love at first listen. It's Drop the Subject with Ali and James. How the hell are you? We want to hear from you always at DTS Show. Please always DM us. Slide into those DMs and we will respond. Mm-hmm. Or at least Jesse will send a double tap heart, heart emoji. <laughs> that I mean, that, that might be all that you get. But know that if that's all that you get, it's that's Jesse. Allie yeah, he's just I, breadcrumbing you. Yeah, we just we we send nice, heartfelt, long messages. I will say you are very good with res- well thought out responses, both in text and on social media. Oh well, well, thank you very much. I think this whole ask the NP journey that I started years ago, when I literally said ask me random weird stuff medically, and then people slide into my DM. Yeah, you get a little practice at you know how to answer questions on social media appropriately. We also had a lot of people direct messaging us about the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes, you have heard us referencing it ad nauseum for the past couple of days, and we will continue (laughs) to do so today because Drop Dead Gorgeous is, in my opinion, one of the top three comedies of all time, and it's it was impossible to find. Little did I know it was available on HBO Max. James, you watched it. I watched it, and it got us thinking. We were just talking off the air before we cracked the mics today. What happens? What are those movies that are make or break for your significant other to watch? It is non-negotiable if they have not seen, say, Best in Show or Drop Dead Gorgeous or any other Christopher Guest movie. They must watch it, no questions asked. And then what is their response to that movie? If they don't like it, does it mean you break up? Some of those are deal deal breakers for people. Uh Uh-huh. They really are. Well, Drop Dead Gorgeous was on my list of things, you know, when you're younger and you're in your 20s and you're like, okay, my boyfriend or my husband in the future is totally going to be like this and he's going to be like this and he's going to do this and he's going to be able to quote Drop Dead Gorgeous front to back just like I can, right? That was like on my list of requirements for uh, my future husband. And not only did Chris at the time when I met him, had never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous. Had he He, heard of it? Kind of barely, maybe a little. But his like friend crew group, that's not their humor. So they weren't, they weren't like, they didn't really know about it. Nor was he in a group of gays who would do the like quoting of that movie front to back. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to give this guy a little credit, whatever. We'll watch it. And then that will determine if I literally continue to date him. And... He didn't like it the first time we watched it. Oh, I can't believe you're still together. It's so funny because the kind of the same thing happened to me where mm. it was and because it, it's a not a, if not a first date conversation, the first handful of dates, you sure. start talking about movies, what your what your favorite movies are, blah, 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 all that typical crap. And my response is always best in show and drop dead gorgeous, two of my favorite comedies of all time. I, don't, I think Katie had heard of them, but she had not seen either. And then I believe we sat and watched Drop Dead Gorgeous and she had the same reaction where she was like, mm. and I was like, what are, what do we do? What do we do now? <laughs> I don't, I don't, because I really like this person, but, but, but what do you they do? They wouldn't understand my sense of humor then if yep. they're not, if that's not quote their type of humor Totally. and I'm going to, and I'm a deadpan kind of gal. Yep. And How am I supposed to? The, these jokes will just never land, and then it just hang there, and then we have the sex. What lives. happens? Right, right for the rest of our life. Well, I so I did realize that Drop Dead Gorgeous tends to be one of those, and I think there are lots of movies that are this way, um, like the cinematic classic Alien versus Predator Three. <laughs> the I think there are movies that are a little bit of a of an acquired taste slash. They actually need a little bit of a preface, like a foreword in a book. You sort of got to set the stage. Yeah. So once once I, I think with Chris, I set the stage for this is a mockumentary and it's supposed to be making fun of beauty queens and it's supposed to be making fun of documentaries and it's supposed to be making fun of this and that and 90s and da da da. Once I sort of set the picture, then Chris was like, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Right. And then. Yes, I agree that you kind of need to bookend certain movies, uh, especially with old, old movies that end up being super racist or something. You're (laughs) like, oh, man, Bonanza, this is such a great, come on, it's a classic. Uh, And then uh, you make someone watch it. Not that I've done this, but you uh then you watch it and you're the person is like, what the hell are you? Why are you suggesting Uh this to me? Oh, yeah. You have to be like, but it was a different. But hold on a minute. When I watched it when I was seven, it was super funny. It's been my favorite movie, you know, so then you have to actually answer for yourself. But right. Katie actually rewatched it. I, it was a, 
a moment that I was so I was I was in our normal recording room. I Your walked closet? out. I was, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm calling it now, my recording room, Record. my studio. Right. Oh, and my I, studio, yes. I walked out and down the hall and it's the living room and she was sitting there watching Drop Dead Gorgeous on her own. Whoa. And I thought I am so proud. I'm proud to be an American because she decided to to do it on her own recognizance. And she was like, I was wrong. I love this movie now. See? And I was like, thank God I didn't make a mistake. People can grow and change and learn and become educated. (laughs) This this is why we're talking about... Catch up to us, right. This is why we're talking about Drop Dead Gorgeous because this is is de- a defining moment in American history right now. And everyone thinks that no one can listen to each other or change their opinions or learn or grow. But we are here to tell you right now that you can rewatch Drop Dead Gorgeous and you can <laughs> finally come to your senses that it is a quality movie and that it should be watched and that it is one of the funniest movies ever made. And even if you didn't think that way before, your mind can be changed and you can come to the good side. We would love to hear your make or break movies. What are the movies that are deal breakers for you? Let us know at DTS Show. When we come back, it's Closet Watch. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. Allie, James, (laughs) you may have come out of the closet about your love for Drop Dead Gorgeous. There we go. And some other people actually came out of the closet in a really fun, surprising way. This is a little segment we like to do here on the show called Closet Watch. Yes, because if anybody should be keeping up with who's out, it should be the world's first nationally syndicated LGBTQ plus radio station. You, am I right? You th- am I wrong or am I right? You think. And we have not one, but two coming out announcements today. And one is a little bit unique. Both are kind of surprising. I would like to start, Allie Johnson, with none other than Nisi Nash, who... Of Reno 911 fame is where most people will remember her from. She was also in Scream Queen. She's been in a bunch of movies. And most recently, she was the lead in Claws on TNT. They actually had five seasons of that. It is a fantastic, hysterical show. Um, and also very, very good. She got to really show some like a dramatic acting chops during that. She actually just posted a picture recently of her wedding to Jessica Betts. And everyone was like, what? what? Had no idea you were even <laughs> in a queer relationship. Like, how about that? And that's particularly because Nisi just was divorced from a man in 2017 and had previously been married to Don Nash, where she took her original name or her stage name anyway from, from uh, even before that. So this is her third marriage. Her previous two marriages were to men. And Nisi has always been a a like supporter of the community publicly and uh you know gone to different awards things and whatever around the community, but has never herself come out as gay or queer or anything like that. And what a way to drop not two, but I mean not one, but two bombs on everybody about like, hey, by the way, I'm married. Y'all didn't know this relationship was even happening. And oh, by the way, she's a woman. And when you think about it, surprise weddings are happening more and more. Just the, hey, we got married on Zoom, or hey, we did a backyard wedding, or hey, we eloped, because everyone's just trying to get it, get, just close up shop, get it done, <laughs> Get right? it done, get it done, right. But to cut, to do surprise wed- wedding with added surprise gay, or surprise queer, I should say, that is, I mean, if you're just doing that for the likes alone... <laughs> That's going to be the most liked post that she's ever. I mean, you can't top that. No, you no, you can't. And I, I, it's this seems to be legitimate. By the way, I know you're joking, but I really don't think she's she. This is for the likes. Uh, oh no, no, no. And she, <laughs> it, it's really, really fantastic. Twitter went crazy. Like everyone is like, Nisi Nash being married to a woman is exactly what we needed today to just like get through the next day. Like we need just a little bit of good news, right? To just like continue moving forward. And this was really, really super exciting um, for Nisi. We are very happy for her and for Jessica and their marriage. I was going to say budding relationship, but they're married now. So their marriage and we wish them nothing but love and success and welcome to the community. There are a few things that will uplift us during 2020 um marie kondo we're still waiting uh you know i I felt like she probably should have stepped in a few months ago and really helped everybody while they were home 
<laughs> um, missed the boat on that, Marie. But uh, more gays is always a great solution to make a year better. Yeah. And we also got some information from one of my wife's all-time favorites, Sara Ramirez, uh, who was on Grey's Anatomy for many, many years. Uh, she played Callie. So I forget her name. It's like Stephanopoli, some Somethingopoly or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Callie in Arizona was a couple that my wife has been obsessed with since even before we met. It was one of the relationships, on-screen relationships, that made her realize, wow, I think I am into girls. So it's been really cool Ooh. to see Sada's journey of, you know, she's been married to, uh, they, sorry, they've been married to a man for many years now uh-huh. but they they came out as bisexual four years ago and now they have come out as non-binary and gender non-conforming so it's been fascinating to see Sarah's journey and how open she is about that journey i i just i am so interested in how that process has taken place within her marriage and within uh you know not only her career and her celebrity status God damn, their career and their celebrity status, but <laughs> their marriage and being married to a man throughout the entire process and what he must have uh, had to process while this was all happening. Sure. And just so you know, you don't have to beat yourself up because Sarah is still using she, her, and they, them. She, okay. She posted on Instagram uh. that she uses both sets of pronouns so but i do think it is it is worthwhile to give attention to not let's not just use she because it's easy and that's what we remember right like let's we should at least try um but i do i think it's a really fascinating point that you make about how people this really speaks to people who are in relationships for the right reason right you're in the relationship with the person not their genitalia not how they identify not who they in their brain are also maybe physically and sexually attracted to as well like that's your person regardless and i think that's really beautiful that Sarah's as we far as we know still in this relationship now through her you know gender identity and sexuality journey absolutely so welcome to the family Sara and Nisi and of course Jessica who was already a member but nice nice Jessica yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Nice. <laughs> nice we'll be right back with more drop the subject Nisi nice <laughs> <laughs> Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. Let's talk about some of the many things that went down yesterday, uh, both in Kenosha and right here in Los Angeles. Of course, I know uh, you're listening from all over the place. You're listening nationwide on radio.com. But um, this is something that I'm sure is, uh, if you've not already heard about it, you will soon enough. Uh, another police-related shooting of a black man here in Los Angeles. I believe this happened in downtown Los Angeles. Is that right, James? Yeah, that's I think what I'm reading so downtown far. Downtown and just south of downtown, yeah. Yes, where there have been protests for a long time. And here's what we know so far. There was a man who was seen riding a bicycle. This took place in the afternoon. And the police say that they went up to him because he was violating a vehicle code. Then he and he was holding some clothing items or some items with him when the deputies make made contact with him. He started running from them. They chased him down. They caught up to him. And then he allegedly punched one of the officers in the face before dropping his little bundle, which the police say had a black semi-automatic handgun in one of the it, that was one of the items that was dropped. So immediately, the two deputies started opening fire on him. He, I believe, was 29 years old at the time, struck multiple times. He has died, and his name is Dijon Kizzy. Let's just just let that sink in for just a moment. So whatever this bicycle vehicle code is led to this man being shot and killed at the hands of police. Just just pause there for, for just a moment. If you have ever questioned why there are protests, why there, why we continue to have these conversations like we have with Dr. John, why we continue to have these conversations like you, Ali, you and I have mm-hmm. with with you, got, you listeners, y'all folks, there we go, online, the entire movement that's going on right now, being a black man, you are subject to different treatment by police. I promise you, if a white man was riding their bike the wrong direction or whatever this vehicle code was ran and then a gun dropped out of a pile of things that this person was holding after punching the police officer, he wouldn't be shot to death. He might be tackled. He might be tased. 
Maybe they would even shoot, but not shoot to death. There apparently were multiple shots at Dijon killing him in that moment. And this is what we are talking about. It is, by the way, lawful in most places and by the Second Amendment, by the way, to carry a firearm. So without questioning a license, without questioning what what you're doing with the gun, if it was loaded, the gun was on the ground. He wasn't holding the gun. He wasn't pointing it at the police officers. These are the things we're talking about. And for something like this to happen in the wake of everything going on, and then literally within 12 hours, 12, yeah, 12, 24 hours, we'll say, Donald Trump goes to Kenosha, Wisconsin, where the last, at least nationally publicized shooting of a black man occurred, Jacob Blake. To, to go and, and say that he's going to uh, bring law and order back to America and bring pride back to America. This was his point of going to Kenosha and holding this community meeting where the only black person in the room at this community meeting, which was all law enforcement officers and public officials who wanted him there, the only black person in the room was the minister who was a- allowed to give a prayer at the beginning and the end. And this was something that was opposed by a lot of officials that were in Kenosha. They were like, please don't come. You're not going to make yeah. things better. You're going to make the things mayor, a lot worse. The governor of Wisconsin, both oh, of now them. He hates the mayor, and now he hates the mayor, and he's dragging the mayor and saying yeah. all these lies about the mayor. So he arrived, did a roundtable, whatchamacallit, uh, spout out, spouted off random things, uh, thanked the police department, said that they're doing a tremendous job, and then gave them money, <laughs> gave them a million dollars, and then gave the state $42 million to help their police department rebuild. So... He's just doubling down on the hate. He's just, and I'm not saying that um, anybody who supports the police department is a crappy person. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that what he's doing, doing that sends a message. Defending the actions of uh, that 17-year-old who Mm -hmm. killed two people during that protest, uh, by defending that kid... He's sending a message. He's doing these things because his campaign or whoever is telling him that it's going to rile people up and it's going, those are the people that want to vote for him are the people who support those actions. And he he continues to even go further because this is all a campaign. This is all part of his campaign to continue to link violence occurring in all of these different places, Portland, Kenosha, and, and Los Angeles, other places, to Democrats, and and not only like Joe Biden, but like Democrats everywhere. And, you know, this whole rhetoric about, you know, states with Democratic led governors had such and such a violence or whatever. And what I think is the the most ironic thing, and, and, and I know that a lot of this is getting a lot of press recently, but I think it's really important for people to hear this. Their entire campaign message right now is that you are not safe in Biden's America, but the violence and the things that are going on right now are Trump's America. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll leave you at that. And of course, we'll keep you updated as new information comes in, which it never stops coming in, especially now. So uh, more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the Subject. Allie Johnson, James Simmons. You know, we we always will cover, you know, the hard hitting and really difficult things that are going on in the world right now, including with the Black Lives Matter movement, the election, COVID-19 Um, But sometimes those things can really be overwhelming. I know sometimes they are for me and they probably are for you listeners as well. And Allie, I know we've talked about this before as well. So we always like to, of course, bring a little levity to that conversation as well when you're listening to Drop the Subject. And we do very well by learning from the 1950s. Yes, that is true, James. I mean, in some ways, we are going back in time. You know, you see people on roller skates again. Car hops are all the rage. People are doing drive-in shows, drive-in movies. And so it's time to look back at the 1950s and say, how similar is it to 2020? And what can we learn from it? And boy, there is a lot to learn from this list of 129 ways to get a husband. Shall we just dive right in? <laughs> I think we should just di- dive. I'm sure that's, is that something? Go diving in a pool? That's probably, that sounds like something that would be on this list. Dive into the pool and act like you can't swim. Yeah, and fake your swimming costume coming off. I feel like, so let's just start with some of that. Obviously, we don't have time to do a ho- all the 129, uh, though I wish we did. Um, things like volunteering for jury duty. That's supposed to help you get a husband. Oh, and okay. <laughs> and also be friendly to ugly men. 
handsome is as handsome does. <laughs> First of all, what does that even mean? No, no clue. But it also says a little later in the article that you should not only befriend ugly men, you should befriend more attractive women because you might be eligible for their leftovers. Oh, <laughs> So, so if you're just rem- like an uggo, <laughs> we should, if you're an uggo, right. If we should remind you, by the way, that this was originally published by the now defunct McCall's magazine, which was published from 1873 to 2002. So not that this list was published in 2002. I don't think McCall's was doing that bad. But just just so you know, this list is obviously at least 1950s, if not even more archaic than that. Here's one that might hold up in 2020. Don't room with a girl who is a sad sack and let her pull you down to her level. I would actually keep that one. Yeah, I mean, we should change maybe the language around it. But yeah, I agree. Like, you know, surround yourself with positive people who are like fun. How about learning to paint? Set up an easel outside engineering school. (laughs) Well, some of these are so manipulative. I mean... Number 21, get a job demonstrating fishing tackle at a sports store. That seems like a lot to go through just to possibly meet a rogue fisher. But number 19 is get lost at football games. And there was another one that you had read, James, about somehow jerry-rigging a way to get to the top of a Ferris wheel and accidentally get stuck. I mean, the the <laughs> conniving manipulation. No wonder women get this reputation of being manipulators. Right, right, right. This is This is awful. Number 38. <laughs> Dropping the handkerchief still works. Not anymore. Not in 2020. You drop that handkerchief. That's what's that's that's your mask. (laughs) No one's going to pick that up. Don't touch it. Leave it there. This one's awfully bold. 37. Walk up to him and tell him you need some advice. Just 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 walk up to a random stranger. I need I need some advice. Hi, do you have any advice? (laughs) And you have to say it in that voice. Do you have any advice? (laughs) Here's number 49. Get better looking glasses. Men still make passes at girls who wear glasses. Or try contact lenses. Ooh, how exciting. So, I mean, I guess there was a a time period where people thought that if you wore glasses, you were completely undesirable. Number 58, get a sunburn. That is something that I don't think as a doctor you would recommend, James. I'm oddly specific in like a weird way. Like, why, (laughs) why would that happen? Number 72, don't whine. Girls who whine, stay on the vine. We're equating women to being picked, like picked like an apple, like a grape. That's true. Yes. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, in relation to the one you had earlier, Allie, number 84, if he's a fisherman, learn to scale and clean fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold on. I read this in a magazine. <laughs> Ripping his guts out. Oh, if, uh, that is. This uh-huh. one's bad. We've uh, per- There's been so many movies who have been off of this one as we leave. If he's rich, tell him you like his money. The honesty will intrigue him. Oh, and then finally, uh, number 113, we'll leave you with this. If your mother is fat, tell him you take after your father. If he's fat too, tell him you're adopted. So just a nice list of lies that you can start with. It's always good. I'm sure Dr. Jen would agree to start off a relationship with complete manipulation and dishonesty. We'll be back with more Drop This Subject. Dr. James spoke with Dr. John Paul, and we will play that for you next. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. Dr. James Simmons, Allie Johnson, and it is time once again for your weekly wake-up call with Dr. John Paul. And listen, Dr. John, we have not been able to have you on for several weeks. Lots of schedules conflicting. The listeners know that I was gone for a while. Allie was gone for a while. All of these things, but we are so thrilled and excited to have you back. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I am so excited and happy to be back. Thank you. And we're always happy to have you here. Now, unfortunately, this week's wake up call is going to start kind of on a somber note. Um, As if 2020 itself wasn't somber enough and there wasn't enough going on in the world. We recently lost actor and people are throwing around the word legendary already. And maybe you and I can get to why that word may or may not be appropriate, but we lost Chadwick Boseman who starred most notably as Black Panther. And this loss to the community Mm -hmm. felt big. It felt larger than I think sometimes celebrity deaths than even sometimes we allow celebrity deaths to to be. And so in the spirit of our weekly wake up 
call conversations with you mm-hmm. around blackness and the discussion of systemic racism. Can you just go into a little bit? We'll just start right out the blocks about why Chadwick Boseman's death as a black man, as a black actor representing the Black Panther felt so much harder than others. Yeah. You know, when you think about traditional media and you think about this conversation around representation, I think Black Panther on so many different levels did so many different things for so many different people, specifically individuals who have always wanted a Black superhero that they could look up to. And I know for myself, you know, I just recently accepted the concept that I'm a blurred, so I'm a Black nerd. Um, I enjoy tech. I enjoy Marvel. I enjoy different elements of, you know, DC Comics, all of these different you know, entities. Mm -hmm. When Black Panther came out, for me, it was the first time that I felt like I saw an element of myself in a character. And it wasn't even just Chadwick. It was the the entire film as a whole. There were so many different elements in relation to the diaspora of Blackness that was present. And it was the first time that I felt like there wasn't a negative rhetoric or a negative conversation that was tied to it. I mean, I know individuals broke down conversations between T'Challa and Killmonger's character, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the African experience versus the Black American experience and how that played out in the film. But I just think for me, really, that film in itself, it was the first time. So I I shared this with a friend just recently. When I went to the... um, theater to watch it, I I can remember just the energy in the theater of Black people for so long, you know, when we go see films, there oftentimes there's that moment in the film where you kind of just wait for the shoe to drop, where they're going to do something that's, Mm. you know, semi-anti-Black, or there's going to be an element Mm. of racist where you go... Yep. I can tell that there were no Black people in the room during the writing of this. There was <laughs> uh-huh. not one moment in Black Panther when that happened. And so I think about that, right? Having a Black director, having an all-Black crew, having an all-Black cast, and I mean, and even having that one white person in the film not overshadow any of the spots with Shuri's character, right? It just felt good. And I think that was the right. first film in a very long time where Black people collectively watched it and said, oh my God, here's a person who's taking on this character and they literally made them feel real. I don't know if any of you listeners had the opportunity to go to Disneyland before it closed and they had on the California Adventure side, there was an opportunity for you to meet Black Panther. And even myself, I am 35 years old. I went in there, right, when it first came out and we quote unquote got to meet Black Panther. Mm. And even in that moment, there I had to like catch myself because it felt so real. It was like I I, I was meeting royalty, right? And so even thinking about Chadwick Boseman, right, as we separate Chadwick from the role as Black Panther, in a lot of ways, Chadwick embodied royalty in that role. And so I think that that's the reason why his death has been so hurtful for so many people is because we were looking at Black royalty, specifically Black acting royalty that we have not had since Eddie Murphy, that we have not had since Arsenio Hall. These are all individuals who, whenever they took on a character, they embodied so much Blackness, but it was done in a way that was just, it touched you, right? It just, it Mm -hmm. really did something for you. And that's what Black Panther did in 2018 for so many people. And I think that's the reason why so many people are are brokenhearted over losing what what felt like was now becoming Hollywood royalty. Yeah, he he was, and there you know there was a picture uh, that Ava DuVernay t- retweeted mm-hmm. that was her and Samuel L. Jackson. <sighs> I'm gonna forget everybody else that was in this picture, um, but it was it was just you know even them a huge black actors who have been in the industry for such a long time. And Chadwick had actually been around for longer than he was more of a household name. Right. Um, but them saying that even you know Ava DuVernay saying even amongst us he was a king mm-hmm. and even even amongst us he his presence was felt so heavy and so unique and he had already done so much to change the conversation about black leading men in hollywood and change the conversation in particular about can black actors directors producers writers crew set sell a hollywood movie and they did and for him for him dying, it was it was such a big loss. And I have a lot more questions in particular about Black Hollywood and this impact that Chadwick Boseman's death and his life and what he did had on Hollywood in general. We have more with Dr. John Paul on Drop the Subject when we return. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject, new Channel Q. 
It's your weekly wake-up call. After a few weeks, we are back with Dr. John, and we are talking about Chadwick Boseman. And there was a lot of conversation, Dr. John, about, I'm going to shift just a little bit, about how the Blackness represented in Black Panther was acceptable to white mainstream America, Mm. A, because it's African, and B, because it was fantasy, and C, because Wakanda was this fictional place that was technologically superior to the rest of the world, but no one actually even knew about it. And that made Black excellence, that made Black thought, that made Black intelligence, that made Black leadership palatable for the mass movie-going audience. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's valid, that, that the reason there's lots of white folks who hang on to Wakanda, who, who really rallied around Black Panther, do you think that's valid? And do you think that that type of depiction of Blackness in Hollywood can propel forward the African-American Black mm-hmm. experience? Yeah, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think there, there are two different pieces that are at play when we have this conversation around Black Panther. And I, I really don't want to get away from the conversation around how important it is for us to give shine to Chadwick, as well as you know Ryan Coogler and all the individuals who made Black Panther what it was. I think it's important first for folks to really step back and think about this idea that what makes Black Panther so great is that not only is it great, but it did something that a lot of people in the world said it could not do. There were a lot of people in the industry before that film came out saying that this movie, an all-Black cast, an all-Black crew, an all-Black writer's room, or, you know, all-Black screenplay is not going to sell the way that a Captain Marvel or any of these other films in the Marvel Universe are going to. And Mm -hmm. it did, plus more, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it opened up Pandora's box to say, okay, here are some other Black writers and other Black filmmakers who can do the same thing Ryan did, right? If you you support it enough. And I think that's what happened was when they saw that Black people were rallying around this film and were walking into these rooms with wads of cash saying, we're going to buy this merchandise and we're going to, you know, we're going to raise money for it and we're going to send students to go see it. And they're gonna, we're going we're gonna to make this a Black conversational piece, right? There are all these articles. It opened so many doors for so many people. And I think that that's the thing when we really look at it, right? And we look at Chadwick and we look at, you know, what kind of legacy he left behind. It's really about this idea that Blackness as itself has always been kind of underrated, right? It's always one Mm. of those things as we work harder, we tend to fight hard, and we oftentimes are fighting to get into these spaces and into these rooms to say, yes, we can do it and more. And a lot of individuals are going, yeah, right, right? They roll their eyes because a lot of what they believe about our community is not steeped in, you know, not necessarily greatness. I don't want to say greatness is where it needs to be, but I think you know, so I'm going to say this, and I think this will kind of sum up where my mind is. Last night mm-hmm. on, a, on a drive, I was talking to a friend and she said, I feel like with Black individuals, specifically around Black Panther, Black people are the only people in the world that are questioned when it comes to them talking about how great they are. When we talk about kings and queens, or even when we think about Beyonce, right? Black is king. Why does Beyonce have to put out a film called Black is King? What if someone put out a film called White is King, right? It would be racist. Yeah, it would be racist because the whole world is built for white people to know that they are the greatest. And so I think when you have Black Panther come into a space and you have a film that's rooted in saying Black history, African history is rooted in greatness and kings and queens and power, right? Even if the power is fantasy, you're still stipulating this notion that Black people are great. And that's what that film did. And so when white people who support Black Lives Matter and and are in rooms saying, I want to diversify or I want to make sure that this is inclusive, and they're opening doors for us to walk through, they got behind it and they said, yes, this story is valid because this is a story or this is a rhetoric we rarely hear. So I just... I genuinely believe that in this moment, right, what this film did, it it opened up this conversation around Black people being able to own how great they are. And I'll be honest, for years, I always thought of myself as less for being Black. And it has not been until Mm. Black Panther. It has not been until Beyonce releasing Formation and Beyonce releasing Lemonade and Beyonce releasing Black is King that I can step back and look at my Blackness and say, you know what? 
you are great. You are amazing. You are smart. You are, you know, I even did the ancestry DNA to find out that a lot of my DNA is from Nigeria. Right. And so now I'm reading and learning more about what it means to be Nigerian. Those Mm. are the things that have not been afforded to me. And I think black Panther literally took the top off that cap and said, let black people have their amazingness. Let black people be great. And I think that's initially the reason why it was so successful, because it was the first time that we had the authority to see ourselves as great. I'm going to, I'm going to leave a nice little pause on that, Dr. John, because that was profound. And that was amazing. The first time that black people had an opportunity in movies to see ourselves as great. That is, even if it's fantasy, I think that's really powerful. Dr. John, there is never, never enough time. Drop the subject. This was your weekly wake-up call. But now the schedules are a little bit back to normal. We're going to get this back to being a weekly wake-up call. I'm super excited about that. Uh, Dr. John, Paul, let the kids know where they can find you on social media really quick. You can find me on all things social media by using the hashtag Dr. John Paul, or you can find me at www.drjohnpaul.com. That is doctor spelled out. So D-O-C-T-O-R and J-O-N, no H. Um, So yeah, again, you can find me on all social media by using the handle Dr. John Paul and at my website, www.drjohnpaul.com. Dr. John, you are amazing. We are honored and privileged to be able to have you on our airwaves. Drop the subject listeners. I hope you appreciate it. More drop the subject. Speaking of when we return. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Drop the subject with Allie and James and it is News It or Lose It time. That's right. I've got two headlines in front of me. Dr. James himself has two headlines in front of him, but we can only news one of each. We news or lose whatever we choose, and the headlines start now. Are you ready? Oh, I am. All right. Headline number one. Man accidentally outs himself as a cheater in a New York Times wedding announcement. <laughs> uh, mm, interesting. I kind of feel like we know everything we need to know from that headline. Yeah? No? Oh, I would, I would disagree. Oh, you would disagree. Okay, then I'll news it. Ha-ha. I gotcha. And what you have lost is, oh, a Taco Bell story. Oh, dang it. Oklahoma man detained for hitting Taco Bell drive-thru naked. Claims clothes were in washer. What did he hit it with if he was naked? I think he, they, I think they meant like he hit one up. I, like he hit yeah, up no, a Taco I was, Bell I was trying to naked. make a joke, but it didn't, it didn't oh, land. I didn't. Yeah. My time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a little off. You know, I I'll put that in my back pocket. I haven't How's really that? toured since the beginning of COVID, Allie. So <laughs> Are you rusty? Little, my, I had a real, real tight 10, and then it was a tight five, and now I've got like a tight 10 seconds. That's about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Great. Your headlines, my dear. Headline numero uno. Cher snags a whopping $2 million for Joe Biden in just 30 minutes. Nice. Sure. I'll learn. I'll hear. Uh, I'll, I'll beep. So I'm rusty. <laughs> Uh, I had a tight 10. <laughs> you had a, uh-huh. I'll ding for you. There we go. The one you did not get to hear about, Allie Johnson, is the Biden campaign launches official Animal Crossing New Horizons yard signs. So for you Animal Crossing fans, lovers, players out there, you can put in a Team Joe, Biden-Harris, Joe with a pretty little rainbow E. You can put that on your Animal Crossing. However, Allie didn't want to hear about it. So I, you know, I can only news one. <laughs> And I did hear about that, which is very exciting. So if you play Animal Crossing, go ahead and do that. Um, All right. Can I tell you about this couple? Yeah. Well, Porfa. So there's a I didn't even know that they still did this. But in The New York Times, they have their little wedding announcement section. This was a whole article about this couple named Rob and Lauren. Um, Very attractive couple. And the man, you know, there's quotes from the couple about how they met. And they're announcing their upcoming nuptials, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they said uh, that the the husband to be said, "Oh, we met at a gym. This is the deepest connection I've ever had. I've never been married before. I can't believe this. Uh, I've never had a deeper connection with anybody. I could not be happier." Blah 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 blah. Uh-huh. So this other woman named Nikita Moreno uh-huh. decided to pick up the New York Times and give it a little look see to see. <laughs> What was going on in the world Uh and saw her ex-husband's nuptial announcement. He said he'd never been married. Right. So she responded and was like, wow, 
it's so weird because you actually were married and you were married to me and I didn't know why we broke up and it turns out now I do know why. Oh, stop it. And she found it out from the New York Times wedding announcements? Yes. So they had started, he was like, we met in 2017 and she was like, yeah, we got divorced in 2018. Oh, snap. Like He proposed to this girl like right after they got divorced, like immediately after. Wow. Oh my and gosh. So the best part is that the New York Times, you know, they're all about facts. They wrote an addendum to the bottom of the article saying, uh-huh. Rob, blah, 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 blah. Rob Moreno actually has been married. This is the correction. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, they, has, they like, the issued updated, it the yeah. correction? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So uh, Nikita has a lot more friends now. Uh, I'll bet she does. She also has the option for a fantastic Lifetime or Hallmark Channel movie, right? Because that that is a Hallmark Lifetime script in the making, and then she should write that up and sell it, and then, yeah, it'll be worth it. So our girl Cher raised $2 million for Joe Biden in 30 minutes. $2 million. This was this past Monday. So she did the little... OnlyFans? Was it her OnlyFans Right, it was her only, like Bella Thorne, <laughs> like shut down OnlyFans, right? So no, she put on a little uh, concert as a benefit for Joe Biden. It was only half an hour. It was a virtual fun- fundraiser. And she she dropped in all the stuff. Because you know Cher is very, very funny, right? She has a like, hysterical sense of humor. And she's quick. She's like super fast. Um, so she came out being like, do you believe in laugh after Trump? Oh, <laughs> nice. Very good, right? So she... Um, I really don't think I'm strong enough if he does get reelected. Well, she goes on to say that stuff. Like Joe is smart enough or yeah, kind enough. And he's strong enough. And <laughs> she's like... And he's strong and enough. Strong enough. And he's I know that the person, man, woman, camera, TV in the White House is an idiot. I mean it. (laughs) Like, Cher is up on her news. She pays attention. She goes in. She was not alone, though, too. There were also three queer government officials, uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, um, David Cicilline, and Senator Tammy Baldwin, who was one of uh, Joe Biden's, uh, you know, potential vice presidential running mates before he announced Mm -hmm. Kamala. Um, They were all... A part of the virtual set as well. So 30 minutes, 2 million bucks. Cher is still at it and still funny as ever. Oh, love it. Well, there are your stories for News That Are Lose It when we come back. It is Wednesday day, which means the gay MA is about to ensue. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It is Wednesday and you are listening to Drop the Subject. I am James. Jesse asked me earlier, Allie Johnson, if I wanted to be James or Dr. James. Like... Allie and Dr. James. Allie and like, yeah, is it? So I don't know. I think you dropped the subject listeners. Like, I don't know. I I feel like I'm just James. I'm just me. But, you know, Dr. John is always Dr. John. Dr. Jen's always Dr. Jen. Like, am I Dr. James? I don't know. I think it's an interesting question. But that is not the question we are asking each other. For Wait, the but I have a follow-up question. Oh, you have a follow-up question. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) If you do doctor, do I have to do something too? Like Mrs. Allie? (laughs) The doctor and Mrs. Allie. Doctor James and Mrs. Alley. And Mrs. It sounds like an '80s detective show or something. Oh, yeah, or Doctor and Not Doctor. Doctor, yes, Not Doctor Alley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if everyone had to add that moniker, that was not a doctor. That would be so confusing. It would right. be a lot of people checking that box. <laughs> right, but um, yes. So, Not Doctor Alley. Mm-hmm. For the Gay MA on Wednesday, which is the thing that we do on Wednesdays, the Gay MA. Very interesting question posed by none other than this this new producer that we got just last week, Jesse. Um, I don't know where I'm not sold on him yet, but we'll see how he turns He's out. So a fresh little newborn babe, just a new little wee thing. So new, new life, brand new producer Jesse asked if we feel pressure to be a part of gay or LGBTQ or queer or whatever culture. Like, so we have our sexual preference if you will although i feel like that's even kind of an old phrase but do we also then because of that feel like we need to be a part of the community and active in the community uh, that's, i thought it was a pretty good question new producer jesse well i i mean i can only speak from my experience i guess but when i came out one of my i wouldn't say fears but one thing that 
I was worried about was, well, I, I'm this, but I don't know any other gay people or I don't know how mm. to be a part of the LGBT community. And there was a lot of years where I thought I was very separated from that. Honestly, working for this radio station and working on my Butch Pal for the Straight Gal Project have really allowed me to immerse myself more in LGBTQ quote culture and mm. know more people who are LGBT because when uh, up until then I was just kind of in the comedy world and I was just around funny people making dumb jokes whether <laughs> you know so <laughs> I didn't really who they have with. A, right so I didn't really have like a gay community that I was a part of or mm. felt a click with what about you I, I think I'm I'm probably the polar opposite of that. I I dove head first and felt like yeah. I needed to dive head first. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And I mean all of it. Like my very Is that part first, of your tight 10 seconds? Right, that's part of my tight 10. <laughs> d- diving head first. Hey. <laughs> I, got, I got a tight 12 now. So <laughs> my one of my earliest, you know there's there's within the LGBTQ spectrum of communities, there are subcultures and subcultures and subcultures, right? And the very first one I was really adopted into when I was a wee lad, 19 years old, was the leather community. And so, but not only was I like having people sort of teach me about leather sex and all those different things, but also like, I was like, it's important to like, how the leather community uh, helped evolve the gay community overall. And like, we need to keep these archives and like, I helped put on international Mr. Leather in Chicago and like all these different things. I would always jump in. I worked for the gay games in Chicago. Like I taught little queer kids at the homeless queer shelter in Chicago. Like I was like, I really got to dive in and do some of that. And I even feel like some of me being on the air with you and the privilege that that is, is still like my part of my contribution towards the community. Well, I mean, you have been, very actively involved in, in creating incredible change within the LGBT community for a long time. And I, I wonder how different it is for queer men versus queer women. Um, and also people who are non-binary. I mean, there's, I think there are, there are several people and, and groups of people within the LGBTQ plus umbrella mm-hmm. that may feel not part of the larger whole. Mm. Right. When you think of the the gay neighborhood, the gayborhood, the um, the part of town that's supposed to be LGBTQ ends up being a place for gay men or in, in some places. Men. Yeah. White gay men. Yeah. So that ends up being an exclusionary type of community. And, you know, I remember the first time I walked into a lesbian bar, I felt very out of place and very unwelcome. So mm. I think that there are a lot of sort of subdivisions that you need to kind of come together more to feel like there is a collective culture rather than all these little bits and pieces that of little groups that you have to find to feel accepted. Yeah. And I think there's really a lot to say for how far we've come as a all of the leather letters that make up the community, how far we've come in terms of people being able to be more out and open in themselves has not cr- created community out of necessity. Right. So in the past, they were like, oh, you're gay. I'm gay. We have to be each other's community. Well, now that's not the case as much anymore. So so. everyone can just drift off. Yeah. Very, very interesting conversation. We, of course, want to know how you feel about it. You can always hit us up at DTS show. More drop the subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Uh, Unfortunately, it is that time. The time that we must leave you. I know it's so sad. Don't cry. Actually, you know what? Cry. It's fine. You can be upset. It's all right. You can express your feelings. We're not going to shame you. We will be back tomorrow, and if you missed anything, definitely check out that podcast. Some great conversations happened today. We talked about whether we feel obligated to adapt to gay stere- to the gay culture or to be a part of the gay culture and the gay MA. We did Closet Watch. We talked about Sara Ramirez and Nisi Nash. Uh, we gave you some updates about what's going on with the, uh, the police uh, shooting that happened in L.A., this week, we learned from the 1950s, and Dr. James had a great conversation with Dr. John Paul, which I'm very jealous of. Uh, they talked about Chadwick Boseman and a lot of other great stuff. I was uh, looking up some some stuff about Ch- Chadwick Boseman. I know we haven't had the chance to talk about it together, but there is a, you know, the Confederate statues continue to be a big topic of conversation mm-hmm. throughout 2020, and there's a, there's a mm-hmm. Confederate monument that's in south carolina in anderson south carolina and this guy is starting a petition to have the the monument replaced with a statue of chadwick chadwick boseman because that's where he's from that's his hometown 
And this is another thing I really love about the story is the guy who created the petition, he's like, I'm not trying to destroy it, not trying to get rid of the monument and throw it at the bottom of a lake. He, and he recommends a museum, this local museum. He's oh, like, really? let's just yeah. put it there. We can use it as a history lesson to explain some uh-huh. of America's past. Uh-huh. It can sit there and be preserved, but let's replace it with somebody who's a modern day icon. And I was like, sweet. So I think that's already gotten more than 15,000 signatures. And of course, Chadwick Boseman's late, uh, last tweet, uh, the tweet letting everyone know of his passing is the most liked tweet in history. I think it's 7.4 million, but I'm sure it's got more than that now. Now, yeah. And I, I was a little bit surprised by that, that 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 was the number for the most liked tweet, by the way. But I do think that that just really goes to show the, you know, and Dr. John and I talked about this before about sort of the, not only the cultural phenomenon that was Black Panther, but what that really that movie meant and Chadwick meant and and so many of the other individuals involved, Ryan Coogler, the director and writer of of what like what that meant to the community and to Hollywood. Oh, a movie written, directed, produced, set, lighting, sound, starring almost exclusively a black cast. Now it was a Marvel movie, but still can make a lot of money and be a cultural phenomenon and and then go on to like change the world and change the conversation about blackness in Hollywood. And and it really it's really fantastic. And I, I I'm glad that Chadwick left that legacy behind. I hope they do put up a statue or at least take the Confederate statue down in Anderson, <laughs> South Carolina and put it yeah. in a museum. Just put it in that museum. That's fine. We don't even have to. If you're that upset about replacing it, don't replace it with anything, but just get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and and I completely agree. Um you know, I think Black Panther, especially that movie, the way that it was filmed and the cast when they were accepting awards, because that movie won a lot of awards. And you could you can just tell when the cast is just as passionate and just as excited as anybody else was watching it. They just seemed like such a cohesive unit that cared so effing much about this story and telling mm-hmm. the story and Wakanda forever. And it just added this this it factor that you don't get with every movie that's out there. I think hands down my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. And there's, there's, you know, Angela Bassett told this really wonderful story. I'm not sure if you, you heard this alley that, you know, she received an honorary degree from Howard university and this was years ago. And I think in like the late nineties and, and that's where early, he went, right? That's where he went. Uh-huh. And the student assigned to escort her that day on and off stage and escort her around oh, campus was Chadwick Boseman. Chills. I know. And then she, like, he was really inspired by her and they went on to like, kind of get to know each other, but then they really did sort of rebond during the filming of Black Panther. And she talked about how she never forgot him. She never forgot her, his dreams. Like she never forgot all of that. And then had that, have the opportunity to see fast forward his career trajectory after doing like James Brown and Jackie Robinson and whatever, and everything yeah. that he had done and what he had come to mean for the black community and and Hollywood in general, she's like, I knew it. I knew there was something in this kid when I saw him again 15, 20 years later or whatever, and I saw everything that he had done. And her tribute to him, I, I mean, it's it's it'll give you not only chills, but but it'll, it'll bring you to tears. It was really pretty incredible. It's mm, amazing. Well, um, again, Dr. James and Dr. John Paul had a more in-depth conversation about Chadwick Boseman and what he meant to the community. So if you missed it, check out that podcast. We will have it available a little later today. And tomorrow, we've got Gay Gay or Cray Cray. We've got some Dr. Jen action and a lot more. So make sure you tune in at 10 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.